0: So here's the lowdown Jeff totally forgot to record an intro. You would think after 123 episodes this wouldn't happen, but it did. We should change his name to Stadia. Let's jump into it. What is up, guys? Welcome to episode number 123 of Diggity, a video game podcast. I'm Jeff James, as always with me, the incredible, unobtainable, luscious Brody Fultz. How are you? I'm doing
1: fantastic.
0: Yeah, we're uh, we're doing <laughs> something different this time. We decided, hey, let's just do live on YouTube uh, to start out with, and I'm sure we'll get to Twitch and Mixer eventually later on, but we're, uh, I just wanted to be able to do this live at the same time and, and see. I mean, I think, generally speaking, we record every night, uh, every Tuesday night and every Thursday night at... 10 p.m. Eastern. So we'll have to see how this works out. But I (laughs) think this might be a regular thing. We'll see how it goes. Maybe. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe not, I have no idea yet, but yeah, this would be pretty cool to uh, to continue on. But uh, before we jump into news, let's get through all the uh, awesome goop that we always do each, each week. Uh, guys, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Diggity Podcast. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, Diggity, D-I-G-G-I-T-Y, look for the green logo. Um, and if you're listening to the podcast for the first time, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever awesome podcasts are held. And if you're watching us on the stream for the first time, subscribe to our YouTube channel. And uh, with that, let's jump into diggity deals, dude.
1: All right. For the Nintendo Switch, you can get Skulls of the Shogun. Uh, bonafide edition for 4.99 on the US eShop, shop and that's 75% off. Uh on Xbox you can get Tales of Vesperia uh the definitive edition for 19.99 at GameStop and that is the physical copy of it. And for PlayStation 4 you can get a used copy, sorry, not new, used copy of Uncharted 4: A Thief's End for $4 at GameStop. Huh, it's pretty good stuff. Not
0: bad. Not bad at all. Sweet. Uh, quick little PSA here before the next piece of news or before we get into kind of the bulk of the news for today. Uh, Borderlands 3 will be free to play this weekend on both Xbox One and PS4. So if you haven't got a chance to play uh, Borderlands, um, kind of a good strategy here is try it out, see if you like it. And the game's on sale on Black Friday, at least in all the Black Friday ads for like 30 bucks.
1: So, yeah, I mean, if you really like it, go out and buy it. Yeah, and uh, it is a free to play weekend given some of the news that we will get into later, so that'll explain it a little better. Uh, But Trover Save the Universe has been announced for Nintendo Switch. Uh, So the Switch version will be released on November 28th, slightly ahead of the Xbox version, which comes out on December 4th. Uh, The game will have a 20% discount at launch on both consoles for a limited period of time. Uh, The new versions will include the important Cosmic Jobs DLC content, which includes new characters, original comedy sketches, uh, the Space Slam, I almost said jam, Space Slam arcade game within the game, (laughs) and more. Uh, And if you don't know anything about this, these are the people that made uh, Rick and Morty, so... Definitely a lot of humor and good stuff in there. I'm hearing fantastic things about the game. And it's nominated for, what, Best VR Game of the Year at the Game Awards? Yep, yep. Yeah. Yep. So, so, good humor cool. in it. Uh, another quick PSA
0: is for a game that <laughs> no one's really playing right now anyways. <laughs> but uh, the new patch for WWE 2K20 on PC will corrupt your save if installed and force you to start all over. So don't... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't patch it. It continues
1: to just shit the bed. Yeah. <laughs> then, uh, this is an absolute mess that just keeps getting worse. Uh, yeah, don't play it. Just don't play it at all. Don't buy it. Don't give them your money. Don't do that. Yeah, please don't. Uh, so Pokemon Sword and Shield are absolutely killing it. Uh, pretty much just as we expected. Uh, so Sword and Shield sold 6 million copies over the opening weekend. Three days. Six million copies. Six million copies. Uh, in just Ugh. two of those days, uh, the newest entries of the franchise sold 2 million units in the U.S. alone. Uh, so these stats make Sword and Shield the fastest-selling Switch game to date, as well as the highest-grossing launch in Pokemon history. Which is crazy, especially given the uh, all the controversy prior to this game coming out, and yeah. all of the diehard fans are like, No, we're protesting it, we're not buying it. You fucking bought it, we all know it. uh no i and we talked about it extensively in our our last episode but uh i'm loving this game i'm having a blast i'm sucked back into pokemon uh and i have not been sucked into a pokemon game in a long time so definitely worth it
0: yeah i mean we did our our first impressions last episode and we both um had good things to say about it i mean there there wasn't anything super bad that we talked about i just realized my mic is down this way i don't know why Yeah. Don't, let me, it's a little um, different.
1: Oh. Me, let me move yeah, that just, and just make oh, beautiful, that's...
0: beautiful noises for everybody um, at home.
1: Yeah. I would have probably just left that. <laughs>
0: there we go. Now you see my beautiful face. You know? There you go. There you go. That's wonderful. And if you can't, it's the audio version, well, guess what? I just ruined your ears. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no. It's crazy, dude, how much how quick these Nintendo games are selling. And uh, I mean just Nintendo is just absolutely killing it. We'll have to see how long this lasts just with the with the console especially with the new ones coming out right in in about a year but I mean, boy, man, this is this is pretty intense how they can just put a game out and all, 6 million copies in three
1: days, dude. It's insane. I, I'm curious to see what the whole week looks like for it. You know, some people won't pick it up over that weekend or whatever and kind of wait and look at some reviews. So I'd really like to see the numbers for the first total week that it's been out. Uh, and I'm sure they'll release those. I'm sure they'll be talking about it. I'm sure it's going to be ridiculous. Oh yeah, it's going to be uh it's going to be insane. Do you think this is going to outsell
0: um Smash Ultimate completely or no? Uh
1: I think it's possible, but I don't know. I think Smash is a little bit more accessible to more people just given, you know, some people view Pokemon as as a kids game type of thing and so some some of the older crowd probably won't pick it up. Um but I, I think everyone kind of views Smash Bros as yeah, it's, you know, it's Smash Bros. Everybody plays Smash Bros. But um so it, it'd be interesting. I think it'll at least get close. Um and I think it does have a good chance of of becoming the best-selling Switch game overall sales as well. So, we'll see. Give it a little bit of time.
0: Uh, I don't know, man, about all this stuff with the Switch. I just feel like they're going to be on a roll and then I feel like this next gen is going to come out for Xbox and PlayStation and especially with X Cloud and all that stuff and I think it's just going to
1: kill I mean they have those first party titles but like I don't know dude I don't know nintendo's kind of always been able to survive in their own thing you know but yeah I, I mean it's a whole nother ball game once you start talking about you know x cloud and um, remote play for ps4 because now mm. you're talking about playing you know god of war on your phone on with a controller in hand you know <laughs> and, and things like that it, it, crazy it becomes a very different thing at that point it is no longer oh hey we have the psp or we have the ps vita now it's no, this is the full experience just on a very tiny screen that's going to make it really hard to read text.
0: And it's crazy to think about that, too, that we're going to be able to play God of War on our cell phone.
1: Yeah, it, I, it's I bizarre.
0: Mean, it's just it's insane to me that, that we're at that point already. i It's its crazy. Um Moving on, guys. Uh, the yeah. Overwatch community is uh, banding together in remembrance of a fan who has passed away recently. Uh, so Jules Sky Blanchot, a 14-year-old Overwatch super fan, has recently lost his long battle with leukemia, unfortunately. Um, and throughout the entire fight with the Cygnus, uh, Troma and the committee of the Overwatch French team had kept in close contact with Sky and sent him various different gifts uh, and other Overwatch-related merchandise. Um, now the community is banding together to try to get a mural on the Paris map and Overwatch is a tribute to Sky and it seems that Blizzard is truly considering adding the mural to the game, but there's not been a definite response yet. Um, this is just a good good gaming... um
1: yeah, one of those gaming kind of feel-good moments, even yeah, in the face of strategy. Yeah. yeah, no, I Which, mean... Which, unfortunately, we don't get very many gaming feel-good moments because the gaming community can be pretty toxic, so... <laughs> that's yeah. what we t- tend to see more of. Um, so when these things do happen, they, they make it a little bit more special, but, uh, definitely our condolences go out to, uh, Jules family and, and all of that as well. So
0: it's nice to see too, like some, I mean, it's not great that, uh, you know, this, this obviously this childhood leukemia and, and it sucks that, you know, I mean, I hope to God that they find a, a, a cure for this kind of stuff. Cause it's just horrendous, but, it's nice to see that Blizzard is at least coming up in something positive in the right. news now, um, you know, since all of this. But, I mean, I don't know. It's going to be – I really hope that they add a mural like that to it. And I hope that they do some some more community stuff or some more charitable stuff. But it's also just kick-ass yeah. to see, man, like just people come around a kid that's 14 years old they've never met him and the community and the internet comes around him because he just happened to love a game. Right. I mean, that's just it, awesome.
1: It is certainly doable for them to put, you know, this mural somewhere within the Paris map. There's a lot of walls that don't have anything going on. You could totally put it in there. It wouldn't be a big, you know, a, a huge deal and people that don't know anything about it would, you know, maybe you know, figure out what's going on and why it's there and things like that. Mm-hmm. I I think it it's not going to cause any harm, and I don't see why they wouldn't do it. I think it would be, especially with all the bad PR that they've had, I think this would be a very, very good move for them. And I think it, honestly, uh, the, the way the community is kind of banded around this kid, I, I, I really think it would be, you know, the right thing to do as well. So hopefully it happens. It would be good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so Borderlands is getting some free DLC as well as the first of four uh, paid DLCs. So the free DLC is just kind of some small stuff here, but uh, take takedown at the Malawan Blacksite. Uh, so this is essentially Borderlands take on a raid. Um, so Damn. it's a raid style, and this is how they describe it as well. Uh, raid style challenge tuned for coordinating co-op parties of four max level characters. So this sounds like it's going to be pretty tough, um, especially if you're playing on a on a harder difficulty. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what that is. I am not to that point yet. I keep getting pulled off to play other games, but maybe someday. Uh, and then they also, also are adding Mayhem 4, which adds a difficulty beyond the current hardest, which is Mayhem. Uh, so this new difficulty will also have some exclusive legendary gear that will pop up solely in mayhem 4 uh so uh, pretty cool for a free dlc i'm glad they're supporting it with you know just little stuff like this uh i imagine that raids probably i mean not really small i imagine that's actually a little bit more of an extensive thing but uh we'll have to see uh and the paid dlc is moxie's heist of the handsome jackpot So the whole premise is centered around plundering Handsome Jack's casino that is supposed to be packed with unique zones worthy of Handsome Jack's lavish lifestyle and dirty dealings. Uh, Since Jack's death, the casino is now on full lockdown and will have plenty of enemies that will make the heist tough. Uh, So the DLC will also have new Vault Hunter heads, skins, trinkets, and uh sorry an echo device skin as well as some new emotes and in order to access this new dlc you will have had to made it to the sanctuary 3 in the main game which is pretty early on and the scaled enemy levels will begin around level 13 so make sure you're around level 13 before you go into it especially if you're just starting a new character or just getting into the game on this free weekend or decided to purchase it i guess um but yeah cool stuff this is you know, probably a lot of why this is going uh, free to play this weekend, and going free to play right before Black Friday when they could potentially sell you know quite a few units and things like that. It seems like a really good move for, for uh, Gearbox. Yeah, you can sell a ton more copies. Yeah, absolutely. Great idea. Um,
0: all right. Well, <clears throat> on this uh, podcast, uh, <laughs> we have brought up a while ago, and honestly, I think a lot of people have the same idea, but um, of Amazon uh, coming up with a gaming uh, streaming service. Within the next little while, Um, obviously we saw Amazon get into into developing games and publishing games. Um, Not the greatest of games, um, per se. But what Amazon is freaking fantastic at is cloud services and web based services. Like AWS is pretty much the uh, cloud service in the industry. You can take like Google, I believe Microsoft and Uh, probably Oracle Cloud add them up together and I still don't think they're the size of AWS. It's insane. it's impressive. It's Um, very impressive. But basically, they want to make a streaming service next year, apparently. Um, And I'm expecting that to do actually really well um, for Amazon, personally speaking. But we'll go through kind of some of the rumors and kind of what we know, which isn't much, but it's a decent little piece. Um, So currently, not much is known about Amazon's plans for the service, but rumor has it that Amazon's beginning to recruit people from large gaming companies such as Microsoft as well as posting job positions for a new initiative within its Amazon Web Services team. Uh, People that are familiar with the project are saying that the company plans to unveil their plan next year. Uh, One job posting states, uh, we believe the evolution that began with arcade communities a quarter at a time growing to the live streams and esports of today will continue to a future where everyone is a gamer and every gamer can create, compete, collaborate and connect with others at massive scales. Uh, The other mentions drive uh, innovative new Use cases like machine vision and game streaming. Um, it seems
1: like the writing's on the wall.
0: There. Well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no brainer for them to do this because here's the thing: um, what, and we'll talk about Stadia later. But my biggest thing on this is Amazon owns Twitch. Stadia. We'll get to the launch of it, but the actual <laughs> service itself now seems to actually be pretty decent, um, and people are actually having a good time with it. Um, There are some issues, but people are enjoying using it. Um, But one thing Stadia lacks is the social connection. Um, They were going to have a social connection element to it, almost like an Xbox dashboard, if you will, where people don't feel like they're kind of left out in a a silo like Stadia currently makes people feel. Um, But they canceled that. That was otherwise known as YouTube Gaming. Um, And uh, (laughs) Amazon having Twitch, that's super powerful because Twitch is starting to lose streaming, Uh, to Mixer, which is crazy because if you asked us six months ago or eight months ago, if that was ever a thing, we'd think you're fucking crazy, but whatever. (laughs) Um, But, you know, basically that's what they find themselves in. So they can supplement that loss a little bit from Twitch viewership with, you know, basically making it the social connection of it. So I'm I'm sure they'll twine them together. And I I would guesstimate that this um, would either be included at the start at Prime for a very good amount of trial time like maybe like a six month free trial or three month free trial um or at least at the bare minimum
1: heavy discounted um with prime i agree i think i bet it will come to prime as a whole um oh shit i i, I think it will be supplemented into prime they might increase the price of prime or you might Which, be able to get prime's, it
0: without prime's 120 a year now yeah something like that yeah i, I wish I, you could a la carte prime I wish you could yeah, be just like, get yeah, the things I, I just want, want the shipping, this.
1: like ninety yeah. percent of the time. I just want the shipping. Yeah, I don't
0: want the whole food stuff. I don't want the the um, God, the schedule, like the the reoccurring deliveries. I don't want yeah. that. I don't want this. I don't. I don't want that. And then just give me my price, right? And, and do it. I mean, obviously, that would be nice. You know, they're business and they want to make as much money as possible off of it. But still, I mean, one hundred twenty bucks. That's that's a decent uh, decent, decent. amount of money,
1: right? Um. I, I agree. I think it could possibly be to the point where it's just heavily discounted. That way they don't have to try to supplement it and make up different prime plans and things like that. So I guess that probably does make a little bit more sense. Maybe, you know, hey, now it, instead of it being $10 a month, it's like $5 a month if you're a prime member or something like that. Or even more, maybe. I, I don't know. I'm not sure what that's going to look like. But uh, I, I think they have a fantastic shot of being the group that actually, you know— I, Stands out here. I, obviously, Stadia has kind of fallen on its face a little bit so far, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, and Amazon could potentially, you know, definitely take over that spot, especially being the company that's not, you know, the a, a gaming company per se. I mean, they kind of are now, but we're not quite there yet. They're no Microsoft or PlayStation at this point. But um, I, I think the biggest issue is going to be. Who are they going to partner with to get their games onto their service? Because now a lot of these companies have partnered with, you know, either it's Xbox or they partnered with um, with Stadia. So you're kind of some of the competition has kind of been eaten up at this point. So it would be interesting to see who they actually are going to go with. Granted, I guess the the Xbox side of it and the PlayStation side of it. Uh that that's predominantly just the game. You're you're basically just streaming from your Xbox, right? Like it, mm-hmm. it's you can play pretty much anything that you can play on your Xbox. I think the list right now is actually up to 50. I think that's what we covered. Um but regardless, they're going to be competing with Google Stadia, which Google actually did have some pretty big names that they were working with i mean they had like ubisoft and some major companies you know but it'll be interesting to see who amazon can pick up on their side in this and that's going to be basically not necessarily what's going to make or break it but that's going to be a big deciding factor and how they do their pricing which should not be like stadia by the way
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and should not be launched like stadia also but right yeah uh i think they'll kill it i think um like I said, the, the component with Twitch there figured out from the social aspect is gonna be a huge thing. I mean, that's essentially gonna be your dashboard. Right. Right. And I, they
1: do a lot of fantastic things I mean, with Twitch as it is. I, I mean, would
0: I would assume that you'd you'd wanna just call it like Twitch something, you know, and and the, the, it's the yeah, just the branding in is Twitch, Twitch, yeah. You know, and you just that'd be the dashboard. best way to do
1: it. You already have the brand recognition. It's not like you're creating something new like Stadia. I mean, if somebody said something about Stadia, I would never in a million years think it is a game streaming platform. I mean, outside of knowing what it is, obviously, but right, 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 right. I, they already have that that brand recognition with Twitch. You might as well just keep rolling with that, honestly. Mhm. So. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they do. Sweet. Uh, so, Half-Life Alex. Uh, this is not the Half-Life 3 that you wanted, but it is more Half-Life. Uh, <laughs> so, the very first trailer for the new Half-Life game w- was shown off yesterday, and uh, personally, I'm not a big Half-Life guy. I just never got into it too much, uh, and somebody's probably going to hunt me down over that, but Sorry, Uh, but this looks really, really good, especially for a VR game, which sometimes they can feel a little awkward and uh, from the trailer they showed off. It looked fantastic. Uh, So the trailer's main purpose was to show off the gameplay rather than set up the story in an elaborate way. But we do know a little bit about the game. Uh, It will take place between Half-Life and Half-Life 2. So it's kind of a prequel. It's like the middle prequel thing going on here. And uh, you will play as Alex Vance who is the daughter of Eli. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to know who Eli is because I don't. I'm sorry. (laughs) Again, not a Half-Life, a big Half-Life fan. Uh, So Valve describes gameplay as uh, lean to aim around a broken wall and under a barnacle to make an impressive shot, rummage through shelves. Uh, to find a healing syringe and some shotgun shells, uh, manipulate tools to hack alien interfaces, uh, toss a bottle through a window to distract an enemy, rip a head crab off your face, and throw it at a Combine soldier. So I guess it's not so much a description as more of telling you some of the things that you can do and and that it's not very much on rails like a lot of VR games tend to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of Valve's programmers, David Speyer, uh immediately nipped all thoughts of this being a tech demo in the butt saying it's not a side story nor an episodic one it's the next part of the half-life story and a game around the same length as half-life 2 so it is a full game uh while it does take place before the events of half-life 2 we were Actually, recommend that you play through Half Life 2 Episode 2 uh, before you play Half Life Alex for reasons that will become clear as you progress. Uh, of course, we will have to wait and see how people react to Half Life Alex once it's out, but we'd like to continue pushing forward. So, the IP's very much not dead, and they plan to do much more with it, hopefully. Uh, whether that's going to stay within VR or not, uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, So the game will be available solely in VR and will be available uh, on the Valve Index, Oculus Rift, Oculus Quest, HTC Vive, and even some Windows Mixed Reality headsets, uh, and Valve Index users will be actually be receiving the game for free. Otherwise, the game will cost fifty nine ninety nine outside of the pre order sale of fifty three ninety nine. And we're not hundred percent sure on when this game is actually going to launch. At this time, I am sure we will hear more about this game coming up.
0: So. Yeah,
1: um, probably not what people. Fully wanted,
0: I guess, when it comes to Half Life game, but yeah, you know, we know we're never gonna get it. So right,
1: I I think the Half Life universe kind of lends itself well to a game like this, though, because you can do a lot of really cool things. But yeah, I imagine the diehard Half Life fans, which there's a lot of them, uh, mm-hmm. I imagine this was certainly not what they wanted. But at the same time, uh, I. I I'm curious if we're ever going to get a Half-Life 3. <laughs> I don't probably think it's not. ever going to happen. Probably. Because not. they could never live up to the hype anyway. So, I mean, eh, this is probably the safer route. Do some some spin-offs, do some uh prequels, set up some other stuff here and then maybe come back to it, but that's a big risk. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh god. Uh, what was a risk, and boy, did it not pay off on launch day, uh, was Google's launch of Stadia. Man, this uh, is pretty rough. Um, what was even rough is the individual who launched Stadia has also, behind launching the PS3, which was a terrible launch, and the Xbox One. It all makes sense now. It all makes sense. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, I'm going to run through kind of the issues that happened at launch. So the, the first one, the biggest one that's out there is um, you're able to buy a founder's pack uh, a while back, really, and uh, it included the controller and allowed you to have. Founder under your name. You were a founder. You're one of the first people to receive a code. You were one of the first people to be able to use the service. Blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? You weren't one of the first people to be able to use the service. <laughs> uh, instead, uh, founders ended up receiving their codes two days after launch of Stadia. In fact, Google only confirmed today, which is Wednesday for listening to the audio version of the podcast, um, that uh finally at 8:30 p.m. that all the codes had been sent out for founders. Um, so but today's not Wednesday, really? <laughs> but yeah, oh, yes, yeah. Friday. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Friday, Thursday. Oh, my God. My bad <laughs> week has gone way by. But anyways, um, founders are getting pissed. Also, at the fact uh, that uh, usernames are being taken before they've had the chance to submit them, uh, asking the question, why didn't I just get to pick my username when purchasing the founders pack? And also, why not get my code when I purchased the founders pack? And then that code doesn't go live until the day of the service. It was that not would make really way too much clear sense. as to why Google needed to do this. Uh, maybe Google was afraid people would sell these codes or something would go down with these codes. But uh, a lot of this stuff sounds like it could have been done, and then just this. I mean, it's it, it just goes live. It's yeah. It's not like you're getting a box and you can turn the box right. on. I mean, it's up to Google to turn the damn thing on, right? So right. Kind of weird. Um, then uh, the 4K issue. So uh, games in 4K uh, seemed a bit off, and it was later confirmed to be true by the Destiny devs in an interview with Polygon, where Bungie stated that when streaming at 4K, we render at a native 1080p, and then upsample and apply a variety of techniques to increase the overall quality of the effect, a Bungie rep said. Adding that D2 runs at the PC equivalent of medium settings, and that explains why the Xbox One build, which runs at a native 4K resolution and with higher res assets, looks so much better than Stadia. So people were like noticing that um, the screen was like a little mo- more blurry, um, lighting was a little bit different. You know, trying to get rid of those sharper edges and dull things out a little bit more to make a more smooth looking effect. So Google,
1: uh, I mean Google said it's giving me in 4K. It's not. They lied. You can say it. They fucking lied. it's not 4k it's not true 4k They said it was going to be 4k it's 1080p upscaled it's that's an issue that's not good yeah it's not great it's not great (laughs) that's for sure
0: uh then we had uh this this isn't a big one but i found it kind of interesting but there's numerous teardowns of the stadia controller online and i was watching a bunch of them um and they've proven to somewhat uh interesting and they're pretty much damn near impossible to open if you have to fix or unjam your controller for some reason right which i mean by the time you open it you've vo- void your warranty but still you know if you're you know like example if you wanted to get something out from behind the analog stick of your xbox controller you've had it for three years you're like cool i'm just gonna take it apart and try this myself and try to clear it out or just you know open up a little bit and spray some dust in there okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so i watched a couple teardowns Um, I witnessed one YouTuber have to use a screwdriver, no big deal, a pry tool, no big deal, a heat gun, no big big deal, and then liquid nitrogen (laughs) in order to to contract the case enough for it to be able to open. Um, Even before using liquid nitrogen, it's thought that he basically bent it so much and cracked it that the components internally broke. So there's no way to open this fucking thing at all. You just, it's just, it's, I mean, it's sealed. It's crazy how it was done up too. I mean, even, That's the, wild. even the back plate that goes over the screw, it's not like a sticker. It's like a hunk of fucking plastic and you like heat it up and the plastic's like whole warp when you take it off and then you got to unscrew it. And it's just, it's yeah, wild. You're heating it up to you know.
1: the point to, to where the plastic is bending. You're absolutely frying the components inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's
0: not good. It's not good. Um, huh. Add to this that uh, some people's Chromecast Ultras were also overheating due to performance issues of Stadia I, and, either res- and either resetting, restarting, or in some cases, apparently,
1: and I don't know if this is true on Reddit, they just don't work anymore. I, re- I read a comment on this where somebody was like, yeah, but isn't that like the natural state of a Chromecast? Yeah, dude, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Chromecast is are hot as hell all the time. Not only that, dude,
0: Chromecast, I mean, Chromecast okay. I just, I don't think it's. I have a Chromecast and I have a Fire Stick, and I would much rather use my Fire Stick over my Chromecast.
1: I have Roku and a Fire Stick, and I would much rather use Roku over my Fire Stick. Really? Yeah. So, Really? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Fire Stick runs like ass. Interesting. Mine doesn't run that bad. Have you used Roku, though?
0: Yeah, I have a Roku also.
1: Oh, you got all three then, huh?
0: Yeah, I've acquired all three over the years <laughs> just to try them out. But yeah, I mean uh, I had a Roku premier uh premiere and and that was good, but
1: Yeah. That's what we have. The so only problem I is I don't is have
0: there's some apps that are missing on Roku, and it's like That's true. That's a pain in the ass. But yeah, Chromecast has never been I mean, every time I've used a Chromecast, I have an OG Chromecast, like an OG OG Chromecast. Oh, the okay. ugly ass duckling one looks like a USB yeah. stick. And then I have the one that, you know, is a little puck that dangles there. And dangling pucks. They both fucking restart randomly. Yeah. (laughs) They've never worked properly. Not great. (laughs) No. No. (laughs) Um, In addition to this also, uh, Google caused some confusion on Wednesday night by tweeting a statement that became confusing to most users and gave the impression that once you uh, stop your Stadia service, all the purchase games that you have purchased under your account would be unavailable to use, like, at all. Uh, this was later cleared up by Google in a later tweet, um, and basically you'd have those games that you purchased even after you cancel the Stadia service. Um, but free games, however, obtained through the service would not be able to be kept locally on your device or played on your device without being subscribed to the service. Gotcha. So
1: Which the the free games kind of are like games with gold where you get them a free one every so often. I doubt it's going to be monthly just because of the small amount of games available. But otherwise, you have to purchase any games because it, they have, they're going to eventually have the Stadia, the, the base version of Stadia, where you can actually do some of this for free. Uh, but they have the premium, which is what everyone who bought the Founders Pack, they have the premium Founders Pack. Mm-hmm. So that's how that all works. But they've done an awful job of explaining any of this over the course of all of this marketing that they have done for the past year.
0: Yeah. Which, by the way, on the marketing side, have you seen their ad, their official ad? No. With Reggie Watts in it? No. It's really weird. I'm sure it I is. I mean, it's <laughs> like, take those old, like, well, not it's not old, but like, you know, like six years ago or seven years ago, those old Spice ads were like yeah. the biggest thing. Take that. Yeah. And then someone had like $200,000 budget to make a commercial in the old spice style Uh, it's just it just doesn't i don't think it fits the brand but whatever um
1: well i don't think the brand fits the
0: brand most of the time so (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're not far off um (laughs) there is good news though uh obviously stuff has been figured out with this and the good news is that once users have started to finally be able to use the service uh, they are enjoying it and they're thinking that they, they, they feel it's really cool in the, in the application that they've been able to use it and I was perusing Reddit as to how people were using it and their setups and all that kind of stuff. You, know, you get a lot of people just playing on the laptop or playing yeah. on the TV at home or whatever but then um, there's some interesting ones like there was a gentleman who was like hey I wanted to you know, play video games on my projector but it kind of would have been a pain in the ass to store the Xbox somewhere and buy this yeah. massive cable that goes to the projector and all this kind of stuff and find a place for it. All you have to do is have a friggin' Chromecast plugged into the back of the friggin' Oh, that's pretty cool. Projector and you're good to go. Yeah. You know? So so I mean that's neat, right? That's yeah, that's awesome. That's pretty neat. Yeah. That's that's pretty cool. Um what's not cool what's not cool, fifteen character limit for your name in Stadia.
1: Really? Seems inadequate. Yeah. Fifteen carat,
0: <laughs> fifteen character limit for it. Um
1: one, God, what else did I see? One on other this, thing on I this? yeah, I got I got one. Uh <laughs> my favorite part about some of the marketing to do with this is uh the day before this launch. Mind you, we covered this last week before this launched. There was supposed to be twelve games that were available on the service on launch day, which was Tuesday. Mm-hmm. The day before this launched Jeff Keeley, not Stadia, not the official stadia Twitter account or anything else. Jeff Keeley, the guy who runs the game Awards, <laughs> yep. tweeted out that Stadia is actually going to launch with 22 games available. So there were 22 games available at launch. Google never said anything about this, and it was the day before a third party. Jeff Keeley, Geoff yeah. Keeley. The guy who's going to be Santa. <laughs> New listeners are not going to have any idea what we're talking about. That's all right. But that's you keep, you keep that's how your... it was broke. It's just amazing to me. How does that happen?
0: Yeah, because nobody cares the, about it at Google. That's the, the, We've the talked about
1: was, this numerous
0: times as am- to amazing. why Google fails constantly. It's because it's like, hey, that's kind of a neat idea. Let's build it and then just. Put it out there. <laughs> and, then, and then not talk about it, not market it appropriately, and, and not, I mean, they, they don't build a community around anything, around all any product.
1: Mar- all of the marketing they've done, and they've done a decent amount of marketing. Oh, for Whether sure. Whether it's good marketing or not, I don't know. A lot of them felt like I was watching a fucking TED Talk. Like, they were just mind-numbingly boring. Yeah, they were a little was- weird. It was, it was, I don't, it, They were yeah, like it corporate was, videos, it was like, like a, corporate training videos. Yeah. It was like a TED Talk, but way less interesting because I didn't learn a goddamn thing from watching them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, At the end, I'm still confused, pissed off, and hungry for some reason. I don't know why. God, it's yeah. I just. amazing. What's going to be the
0: test of this, right, is they have some other games that are going to be coming out later. Like, I mean, that was also a great point, too, where, like, they showed Wildlands constantly Constantly in all their material. They're like, hey, it's not launching with it. Or Breakpoint, yeah, sorry. They're like, hey, we're not – it's not launching. (laughs) You're like, okay, great. All right, cool. I'm so (laughs) glad I sat and watched that 20-minute friggin' demo of Breakpoint on Stadia. On Stadia, yeah. And it's not even launching. Thank you so much with that. That's fantastic. Good job. No, I I mean – when those games come out, it'll be interesting to see what their rollout is for the other games. I mean, you, yeah. you can't have a service and just be like, hey, so this, this is coming. There it is. Especially when your service isn't a subscription service entirely based on the premise of subscribing to games. It is subscribing to the service to stream games. And some of those games are free, but you still have to buy those games.
1: I assume going forward... Uh, the only way anyone is going to know that a new game is available on Stadia is by either going into the store or however they have it set up and looking for themselves or finding out from a third party on the Internet because if Google can't even announce their actual launch titles, I don't think they're going to announce games as we go.
0: <laughs> Jeff Keighley, man. Yeah. Jeff Keighley is... He's, is...
1: Been, he's been a big part of... A lot of the Stadia stuff. I don't know exactly what his involvement is with it. But, uh, yeah, he's definitely been involved. And a, a lot of things have actually come through him. He's hosted some of their events and things that they've done. And so, I, I don't know what to make of this um, other than a very messy launch. But at the same time, it is a launch. A lot of launches go very poorly. So, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt, but... But Other there's than no that,
0: hardware here, dude. Besides the controller, I know. Oh, I that's know. That's what. That's what. That's the, the, the main issue, right? Yeah.
1: But the thing is, uh, X Cloud has been slowly rolling out, which is Xbox's version of this, essentially. And the thing is, you're gonna have access to so many more games and things like that. It just it doesn't make any sense that this is going to be able to compete with PlayStation or uh, Xbox or even Amazon once they launch theirs out, I just don't yeah, understand no, don't how they're going to be able to.
0: No, well, I, I see the only way that I think that really any of these can hold their own is again getting locked into an ecosystem. Like right. so, so for if Amazon does this right, they have to attach it to Twitch. It's got to have the Twitch name to it, in my mind, and be right. stuck to gaming, and then it's got to be stuck into Prime, so that you're stuck into this ecosystem of I can get all my shit sent to me. You know, right. quickly, and I can stream all these games. With Google, I don't know what ecosystem you tie it into. I mean, the thing that Google has always been confusing to me. I think it's still an incredible company and a great company that does some really cool things. But they I do mean, a
1: lot of confusing things as well, though.
0: Yeah, but I mean, the, the main thing that Google really does, I mean, it's an advertising company. Yeah, uh, I mean, essentially. It, it, that that's where its main revenue source comes from. It's never been a massive hardware player. I guess in the home smart home space. It kind of is, but with the Google home minis, but I, I I mean, I, I don't, you know, it's a puck. It's a puck. You can get them for 19 bucks at black Friday. It's what it's whatever, (laughs) you know what I mean? And that's not bringing more people into using pixel to, you know, utilize more features with Google home and other stuff. They've never been able to encapsulate that environment like an Apple or an Amazon. Right.
1: It's not so much an ecosystem as it's just another Google device that is pretty much in no way shape or form tied other than your email address well no that's I, what's
0: crazy there there is yeah, an ecosystem there i mean you, right it's just so suite.
1: distanced it's just weird i don't know what it is
0: you got g <laughs> suite right like i mean let's go down the line you've got right. microsoft office 365 google has g suite okay mm-hmm. you have the fucking pixel phone you have android which is open source software that they have okay and there's is a core they always get the new the newest android update comes to the pixel right still nobody wants to buy the pixel why i have no idea it looks like a good phone it looks nice i think that people just don't gravitate towards their products because i think i don't think they market them properly right i I mean well and even then or it's too
1: late I mean, if you buy, like on the other hand here, if, if you buy an Apple product, you might as well start buying Apple fucking socks, Apple underwear, no. G strings, like the whole fucking thing is all <laughs> tied together because Apple has created it that way to where once you have one Apple device, it's easier to buy another Apple device to replace whatever else you had or a new one. So like you have, you have iPhone. Now it makes sense to have a Mac. Or it makes sense yeah. to have an iPad because they are actually connected in a meaningful way. Whereas yeah, yeah, because you can get anything, extra features. Yes. Right. So that's right. what it is. And and that's coming from from a guy who doesn't use Apple. I don't use Apple. I use Android and everything, whatever Windows PC. Yeah, all that good stuff, right? But the the thing is, Apple does do an excellent job of selling it as. It is connected, and you can do more things by having certain devices and having them all connected. Whereas Google, it's like, yeah, my, you saved my Google searches. Like, okay, cool. Or I can access my email <laughs> here. Like, most most of it is not meaningful in the same way that Apple does theirs. And, well, it, and it, it just it's works. Impressive.
0: On the Apple side, this shit just kind of works. And a lot of right. people are like, that's a corporate sentence. But here's the thing. I can be at work my Apple watch unlocks my computer. As soon as I sit down at my desk, it knows I'm close in the vicinity. I can leave my desk. I can grab my iPad, all of my notes, leave my Mac to my iPad. And I can just walk down and I can confidently do everything that I need to do on the iPad without having to amount of times that you just mentioned an
1: Apple product that you own made me vomit in my mouth (laughs) at work at work. I use, here's the
0: thing. I still use PC for a lot of things. And I think both, I mean, people are going to I, – people constantly have to be like, well, you do love one of that. No, you don't. The, the PC's great at doing some right. stuff, and Mac's great at doing some stuff. At work, yeah. I use a Mac for my computer, like primary. and that, But it's like probably like honestly, I would say it's like maybe like 70, 30. Mac to PC for a lot of my stuff. Like a lot of networking stuff is on PC. But got my Mac, got my iPad, got my watch, got my phone. Yeah. And – it just works and the Google stuff doesn't seem to to work and and I don't know I don't know what they tie this to in order to I, I mean I guess the way that you shift it is X cloud and all that kind of stuff would be I mean if they take this service and and they change it or they're they're gonna I, I'm assuming they're gonna have to be forced eventually to go from okay cool so you don't buy games anymore you just pay this price and you can stream all these games. Yeah, I, they'll have I to don't treat it like
1: a Game Pass type of thing. They're going to have to.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how you stay alive with this kind of stuff when you can go buy the game on your Xbox, play it on your Xbox, get all the services services of Stadia as well, and then also any game in Game Pass has
1: all the services that Stadia would have.
0: Yeah. I, I, just can't I mean, it's just no fucking brainer. I would just go to Xbox.
1: Right, and even then, I mean... You're looking at people that maybe not or don't even have an Xbox that could still get access to all of that stuff. You can run everything through a PC and still have access to Game Pass and all of that. So, it, yeah, it, to me, it's a no brainer. I, I, I genuinely don't think Stadia is going to be alive for very long. And you don't it think hasn't it's going to be alive? Launched. For that long not, at all, huh? No. I, a couple years max. I, I genuinely don't think it's going to last that long. And. Uh, you know, hearing what we've heard from like Phil Spencer, P three baby, uh, <laughs> P three baby, uh, he he has even said it's going to be years before streaming is actually you know the viable option. It, it 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 will be something that some people can do, but there's still data caps. There's still a lot of hurdles that we're climbing, but we are moving in that direction, right? And and even Phil Spencer has noted that this is going to be a learning curve for. Everyone involved in it, and it's gonna be multiple, multiple years. Probably, I I bet you this generation will use it, but not to the extent the next generation will. I think the next generation, past, uh, sorry, I guess the the generation we're coming into with like Project Scarlet and PlayStation Five, I think it will be a feature, and I think it will be used quite a bit. But I think it will be the generation after that when we actually start to see it way more. Or I mean, at, at that point, we might be getting to the point where that is what it is. Then it becomes the streaming box. Then it's just a little fucking thing you plug into the back of your TV or whatever, and that is it. I, I think we're we're still a good five or six years off from this being the thing, right? But I we're definitely moving in that direction, and I, I think um, Stadia was the first to kind of really launch with this, and uh, we're seeing some of the learning curves, but it seems to be working. um are right once people were able to get into it, it seems to be working right and so that's important i mean that is that is a big uh win in their books i guess but it's just kind of overshadowed by a lot of issues so i just well, hope
0: they add um some of their other great services with like add youtube into it so that you can just stream your right game live to youtube right down yeah. and there like add add more shit like that you know Add it so I can play Spotify or Google Music even, or if you want to tie in that ecosystem that no wonder, one uses or YouTube
1: music. I wonder the if the game. tech just isn't quite there for... Oh, uh, the well, no, 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 no. Hear me out. Let me finish here. Uh, the problem is you're going to start experiencing crazy lag if you try to stream also through the service because you're already you're using the controller as basically it's... You know, it, the way it connects is through the Wi-Fi, right? It, it's the way that Stadia did it. I can't remember exactly what it was, but there was something about the way that they have their controller hook up to their service is different than what most people do, right? But I'm thinking if if you had this, if you had Stadia, and then you're also trying to simultaneously stream what you're doing straight over to, mm-hmm. um, I, I think the input lag would just be too much. I think the I think it'd just be way too much I mean you're sh- incoming streaming and then outgoing streaming as well it'd just be that's a lot
0: I don't know man I think they could do it maybe I mean I just I just want more shit to it I, I mean I just don't understand how you launch something and here's your name here's a, a store that looks the equivalent of an app store on a phone and you can buy some games and play them and here you go. But there's not, I mean, they've had problems obviously. And I don't think this is a massive problem because it's the first couple of days of where it's just like empty lobbies and shit. Right. But the, the thing is, is, is like I, I, you have to add more shit. You have to make it a full blown yeah. console experience.
1: Will. I mean, to be, to give them a little bit of credit, this is essentially a soft launch for them. Right. I mean, it's not launched <gasps> to everyone. Now I, I'm not making excuses for it. Yeah, it's just, yeah. everything when it comes out there's always this shitty period of this soft launch where it's essentially like a paid beta right I mean and as shitty as that is it's still (laughs) something that it's still something that has to happen you have to get it in the hands of some consumers and they can be the judge and then you can make changes from there it's no different than a beta except for you're paying for the service to be a part of this beta so people couldn't even access the beta you're a founder well i i i don't know man i
0: founder feels baby founder feels founder <laughs> feels hell yeah well, all right well guys we'll wrap it up uh this podcast takes time and effort to create if you want to a, become a patron over our patreon head over to patreon.com slash diggity um you can also support the show by heading over to audibletrial.com slash diggity and getting access to a ton of audiobook titles to choose from for your iphone your android your kindle or whatever device this is on, audibletrial.com slash diggity. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast. Subscribe to us on YouTube or hit the subscribe button if you're watching live now or later on the first time uh my gamer tag is on xbox and it is maple jeff and that was not the smoothest (laughs) way of communicating that but hey
1: certainly not uh mine on xbox is luscious brody and on playstation you can find me at wolverine's cousin ba ba boom guys leave us a review it helps
0: us out a ton whether it is a comment on whatever youtube videos or uh a review left for itunes page it's kind of what helps us get noticed on those platforms and we thank the people who have left reviews you've done two things one you've helped us get noticed more and two um you've told us what you like about the show and in some cases what you don't like about it so we can make it better so thank you for that and until next time guys we will see you for the wednesday show see ya